This free program is paid for by the listener members of KPFK. If you're not already a member, consider joining with us and keep free speech alive. You're going to love this. Just love it. Oh, you will. Finally, do for one time I do. Scared, pshaw. And here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Happy. Day after, this is your Bradcast. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen, investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow from bradblog.com, live once again on the day after Election Day 2012, right here on 90.7 FM Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on kpfk.org and the Stitcher radio app on your smartphone in case you ever uh, miss any of our broadcasts here. Uh, Wow. Wow. What do you know? The election is over, is it? Uh, maybe for you, uh, I still got a lot of mopping up to do, I'm afraid. And, uh, and, and you're, you get to join me in a bit of that. Uh, we'll see if we have some time for some phone calls. Uh, if we do, our phone number is 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. We're going to be joined, uh, in a little bit by Bob Fatrakis, my colleague from the, uh, the Free Press, the investigative journalist, Bob Fatrakis, the attorney. The, uh, uh, the professor of political science, the Green Party congressional candidate, and the litigant in Fatrakis versus Husted in Ohio. Bob Fatrakis was busy in courtrooms yesterday, both state and federal, uh, fighting, <laughs> this was just amazing, fighting to get the secretly installed, uncertified software patches that the Secretary of State of Ohio, John Husted, had installed onto the uh, uh, vote tabulators, the main vote counting systems in 39 counties across Ohio in the days before the presidential election. Without telling anybody, without certifying the software, without having the, uh, uh, the, 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 the state or the feds take a look at what was being installed onto these voting machines. By the way, in some of the largest counties in Ohio, including Cuyahoga County, that's Cleveland, uh, just amazing that secretaries of state think that they can do this, that these partisan, these hard-right partisan secretaries of state think it's okay to come in and install software that nobody has looked at, that nobody has examined except for them in the days before an election on in the Buckeye State, in the in the state that the whole world was looking at, that uh, that was you know universally thought to be the state that will decide the election. That's what John Husted did. 
among many other things that I suspect we'll be talking about on today's show. Uh, and uh, Bob Fetrakis was there to discover this uh, secret contract signed on September 19. Uh, and he took him to court yesterday. We'll tell you the outcome of those uh, two court hearings that uh, that Bob went through. So Bob Petrakis will be joining us. In the meantime, obviously, an extraordinary election day yesterday with uh, with some uh, very good news, I suppose, for uh, for progressives and Democrats alike. Obviously, Barack Obama has been reelected to a second term. Uh, incredible, uh, pickups for the, uh, for the Democrats in the Senate. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, over Scott Brown in Massachusetts. That's gonna be a fun one to watch. Elizabeth Warren in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Democrat Chris Murphy defeated wrestling magnate Linda McMahon and all of her millions. Uh, Heidi Heidkamp has been called today as the, uh, the winner up in North Dakota. Another pickup for Democrats up there. John Tester is thought to be uh, holding on. I'm not sure if they've called it for him yet up in uh, up in Montana. Uh, Donnelly defeats Mordock in Indiana, a seat that the Tea Party just gave away. Just gave away. That would have been Richard Luger's uh, U.S. Senate seat to hold for life. But the uh, but I, I guess he wasn't crazy and extremist enough for the uh, for the Tea Party loons. So they threw him out, uh, put Murdoch in as their, um, as, as their uh, Senate candidate this year. Uh, rape. What did he say about rape? Uh, it's God's wishes, uh, if you get impregnated, uh, during rape. Well done, Tea Party. So some huge win- uh, wins for the, uh, for the Democrats in the Senate. Uh, not much movement so far, at least reportedly in, in the House. Where the Democrats really declined to put forward an effort to to win back the House. In truth, uh, the DCCC really uh, dropped the ball there. It seems to me, especially with the with the turnout with, with that we saw across the country, the Democratic turnout, but also the progressive turnout. Marijuana is now legal for recreational use in Colorado and Washington. Uh, huge wins, huge wins for gay rights. Uh, after 32 successive losses at the ballot box, marriage equality finally won big yesterday. Uh, big, uh, with uh, ballot initiatives approved, approving same-sex marriage in Maine, in Maryland, and it looks like in the state of Washington. And, uh, that, which is incredible. Uh, three different states have now uh, declared, uh, marriage equality is perfectly legal. In Minnesota, voters rejected a ban on marriage equality. As well, the first openly gay U.S. senator was elected in Wisconsin, Tammy Baldwin. And in Iowa, by the way, voters rejected a well-funded attack on a conservative Supreme Court justice who had, who had the temerity to rule in favor of equality. Marriage equality last year, of course, the, uh, the the wing nuts who aren't really conservative, who call themselves conservative, decided that that would never do. And they tried to get rid of the Supreme Court justice in Iowa, and he was able to uh, to hold on yesterday. That's some good news. Uh, oh, here's a, uh, some uh, some other interesting news. Uh, Alan Grayson in Florida will now be back in the U.S. House. That'll be fun. Uh, Alan West. Crazy, crazy Alan West appears to have lost his house race. Alan West, 
as well as Joe Walsh, by the way, speaking of crazy right-wingers, will no longer be in the House unless something changes. Alan West is uh, reportedly uh, applying for a, uh, a recount down there in Florida. Good for him. We support him in that effort. I think uh, last I checked uh, late last night, uh, about 2 in the morning, um, he was only behind by a couple of thousand votes. So, uh, yes, Congressman West, uh, thank you for standing up for the voters, even though you're only doing it for yourself. But that's okay. We won't notice that. We'll support what you're doing, and we'll support uh, your recount. And, of course, if I was writing about this on bradblog.com, as I'm sure I will, I would put the word recount in quotes, because down there in Florida, ballots are not counted in the first place. They're just run through electronic tabulators, which either get the uh, get the count right or they don't. Nobody knows until somebody bothers to count the ballots by hand, which happens very infrequently in the state of Florida. It did happen earlier this year, uh, in March of this year, in Palm Beach County, when the uh, supervisor of elections decided uh, that she ought to take a look at a couple of the paper ballots to make sure that the computer tabulators had recorded them correctly. And what do you know? Three different races. The computer optical scan system had gotten them wrong. Uh, named two losing candidates to be the winners. And those winners would have gone on to serve had she not bothered to check the paper ballots by hand. So hopefully that's what Alan West will uh, will get to do. It's not easy in the state of Florida. He'll have to get a court order if he wants a hand count. Otherwise, they'll just run them through the same computer optical scan uh, scan machines again. But we'll see. Uh, Mr. West, Congressman West, give me a call. Happy to help. Up in Michigan, they finally repealed this horrible emergency manager law. We just might as well call it the dictator law that they had up in, uh, up in Michigan where they could just come in. I mean, the most anti-democratic, small d democratic law you could possibly have where they would just, uh, you know, any town, the governor could take any town in Michigan and say that the rightfully elected officials of that town, the mayor, the, 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 the city council, they're gone. They're out. They're replaced by a guy who is appointed by the governor without any oversight, without, uh, you know, any way for the people to, to rise up and say, oh, no, we would like the people that we elected to actually uh, run this county, to run this city. Um, that's gone. That emergency manager law is gone. Democracy may be restored, at least in part, in the state of Michigan. Uh, more good news in the state of Minnesota. And I like this one a lot. The photo ID, uh, polling place photo ID restriction that the Republicans could not get through the legislature. They put it on the ballot as a constitutional amendment, as a deceptive, by the way, a deceptive constitutional amendment. Uh, the wording was meant to fool voters. The ACLU challenged that wording in court. They were unsuccessful in getting that ballot question, the language for the ballot question changed. So that amendment moved ahead in Minnesota yesterday. Uh, and, you know, polling place photo ID restrictions have been very popular. The GOP has done a great job in uh, fooling the country, in fooling Americans into believing things like, oh, you can't get on a plane without a photo ID, why you need one to vote. 
You can't buy a beer without a photo ID. Why not one to cast our ballot, the most sacred thing in the world? Liars. Uh, you, by the way, you don't need a photo ID to get on a plane. You don't need a photo ID to buy a beer. At least I haven't uh, been asked for one in, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 years. By the way, neither of th- those things are rights, like voting is. Those things are privileges. Uh, so the good news is Minnesota appears to have rejected, for the first time, have rejected a, uh, a photo ID restriction law up there in the land of 10,000 lakes. Way to go, Minnesota. So uh, democracy reared its ugly head yesterday, and we have some uh, encouraging results from that election. Uh, but that's not the whole story. No, not by a long shot. Um, <laughs> this is uh, a new report uh, that came out uh, from the Heart Research. Hours after President Barack Obama declared that the nation needs to fix the problem of long lines at the voting booth, a survey by Heart Research commissioned by the AFL-CIO, found that minorities and Democrats were more likely to experience long wait times than others. Nearly a quarter of blacks, 24%, and Hispanics, 22%, reported waiting in line for more than 30 minutes, compared to 9% of whites. Obama uh, Obama voters were nearly twice as likely as Romney voters to face long lines at 16%. To nine percent, the newly reelected president of the United States, I'm happy to say in this case, uh, spoke about this very briefly and perhaps even off the cuff last night at the very top of his reelection speech, his reelection victory speech in Chicago. I want to thank every American who participated in this election. Whether you voted for the very first time or waited in line for a very long time. By the way, we have to fix that. There you go. And the first time in the entire campaign, Brad Friedman leaps off of his couch and cheers. Yes, by the way, we have to fix that. Uh, the understatement, uh, award of the, of the campaign, I think. Uh, by the way, we have to fix that. And, you know, if you were looking at the long line, if you were looking at these lines, and actually you, you can't even see, uh, people don't understand. Last night when Barack Obama was saying, uh, we have to fix that, when he was thanking the people who stayed in line, these were people who stayed in line for two hours, for three hours, six hours, nine hours. Last night, when Barack Obama gave his victory speech in Chicago at 2 a.m. Eastern Time, they were still in line voting in Miami-Dade, Florida. At 2 a.m. This is a national disgrace. And if Barack Obama, uh, if he means it when he says, oh, yeah, by the way, we got to fix that. Well, I'm going to be holding his feet to the fire on it. Bet your bottom dollar. That was the best news, uh, frankly, of the night when I heard it. We'll see if he means it. But I'll tell you right now, I mean it because I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed, frankly, 
for this country when we were seeing those pictures of those people uh, snaking around the block. You know, a lot of people look at it and they say, hey, this is great. Look how the people are turning out. What a great turnout. It is an outrage that anybody, that any American of any party, much less uh, the elderly, the students, the minorities, because as I just said, this was, you know, focused in minority areas, that they would be forced to stand online for even a half hour to cast a vote. And this was no mistake. It was no accident. We have been talking for months on this show right here on KPFK, the broadcast talking about what these guys, uh, Secretary of State John Husted in Ohio, Governor Rick Scott, and his hand-picked Secretary of State, uh, Ken Detzner, down there in Florida. We have been talking for, and in other states, Scott Gessler, this horrible uh, Tea Party anti-voter, anti-democracy Tea Party Secretary of State in uh, in Colorado. Matt Schultz up in Iowa. Uh, these people who who don't realize that as the top election official, their job is to help people vote, not to keep them from voting. And so we've been talking about it for months, the restrictions on early voting in Ohio and in Florida, where in in Florida, where back uh, previously there was 14 days of early voting. And uh, the Republican governor and secretary of state in Florida cut those in half to eight days. In Ohio, where they had recovered from the debacle of 2004, and again, where, when the line snaked around the corner, and when the last vote was cast at 3 a.m. in Kenyon College, where students had been waiting in line for three hours, 12 hours to cast their vote in 2004. Many of those problems were allevi- alleviated in 2008 under the Democratic Secretary of State, Jennifer Bruner, who we had on this show just a few weeks ago to talk about some of these issues. Those problems... Uh, in many cases were done away with in Ohio because they expanded early voting so that people could vote. They could vote for the month prior to the election. And by the way, uh, anyone who has listened to this show before knows I'm no particular fan of early voting. I recommend you vote on paper on election day. But I understand that the system that we have in place right now is not set up to accommodate the number of voters that we have in this country at least in the heavy, heavy, heavily populated areas. I also understand that people work on a Tuesday, a work day, a non-holiday. They need to vote early, many of them. So while those problems were taken care of in 2004, apparently there was just too many goddamn voters showing up to vote. And someone had to do something about it. And that's what Scott uh, Scott Gessler did in Colorado. That's what John Husted did in Ohio. That's what Rick Scott and Ken Detzner did down in Florida, where they were challenging voters, where they were throwing them off the polls. And one of the problems we are going to find in the days and weeks ahead, because, you know, uh, often when it comes to election uh, integrity, when it comes to issues like this, when it comes to issues of uh, the voting machines, of access to the polls, we don't discover the problems uh, that are really going on until the days and the weeks and sometimes months after, sometimes years after the election. One of the things we're going to be looking into is uh, a, a report that uh, that w- w- we covered uh, yesterday at bradblog.com out of Philadelphia where voters, longtime voters, 
were showing up to their precincts in Philadelphia, the precincts that they that they had voted at for years, year after year, without missing election. All of a sudden, they weren't on. They weren't on the rolls anymore. They had just fallen off. Thousands of them forced to vote by provisional ballot. As this was going on yesterday, and as these reports were coming in, I, uh, I got in touch with Stephanie Singer, the uh, election chief, the city commissioner in uh, in Philadelphia. I think so, I think Stephanie. We've also had Stephanie. Haven't we had Stephanie Singer on this show as well? Uh, and she she tells me that uh, in fact, if voters were registered, if they cast a provisional ballot, those ballots will be counted. She says. Uh, but what about those that? And that's the good news. But what about those people who were turned away? What about those people who were told they needed a photo ID to vote when they did not? What about those people who paid the price for the confusion that was put in place on purpose by Governor uh, Tom Corbett out there and uh, Secretary of the Commonwealth, Carol Eichley, with their photo ID restriction law that was that they fought tooth and nail for, went all the way to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, until just about a month or two ago when, when this uh, law was, was finally blocked, at least for this election. It will be back in the following elections. But this horrible Republican judge who said, no, it's fine. You, yeah, sure. We're, we're okay. I guess the Supreme Court has told me I, I, I can't allow you to enforce this photo ID restriction, but you can go ahead and ask people for their photo IDs anyway, even though it's not needed to vote. I'm sure there will be no confusion out of that. Well, there was confusion, and uh, there was dirty tricks, and those laws were used to turn people away from the polls. Oh, you don't have a photo ID? Sorry, you can't vote, get lost. That happened all over Pennsylvania yesterday. And by the way, I don't care who won or lost. You know, reportedly, uh, Barack Obama won the state of, of Pennsylvania yesterday. Good, good for him, uh, if that happened. I don't support any particular candidate. I support the voters. And if there were voters turned away yesterday, legal voters who were not allowed to vote, if there were voters who cast a ballot that will not be counted, if there were voters who cast a ballot that will not be counted accurately, I will be fighting for them. Because it's not about Barack Obama. It's not about uh, Mitt Romney. It's not about Republicans or Democrats. This is about democracy. It always has been and it always will be. And by the way, for those Democrats out there and those Republicans out there and those people who call themselves progressives out there, who don't understand it, who don't get it, who don't understand that, uh, you know, if, if you want to help your cause, then you damn well better make sure that all voters get to vote and that their votes get to be counted and that those counts are accurate and that those accurate counts are accurate to the uh, to the extent that we the people can know that they are accurate. That's what it's about. That's why I'll be happy, honored in fact to throw in with a guy like Alan West, who by the way I find to be appalling. I find his policies uh to be so hateful and so anti-American uh that I would never support anything he stands for politically, uh, frankly. But he's asking for a recount. He's asking to make sure that his vote is th- that all of the votes were counted and counted accurately. And if that means that Alan West, the offensive, appalling congressman from Florida, 
uh, ends up winning and going back to Congress instead of losing, I will be by his side. I will be his champion. Because if the voters of his district really wanted Alan West to be their representative, then they deserve him. And I'll be the first one to line up to support him. But the problems that we saw yesterday uh, and over the weekend uh, were just remarkable, as uh, as noted by by the good folks at eight six six Our Vote. This was a coalition of the National Lawyers Committee uh, and uh, the ACLU, Project Vote, nonpartisan groups fighting to make sure that people could vote. Here's a press release they put out late last night. Uh, part of it. Uh, The 2012 election cycle was like no other in generations. The number one difference was the nefarious effort to suppress the vote through restrictive legislation, making it more difficult for eligible voters to cast their ballots. While the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law and many of our coalition partners have helped to successfully challenge these new laws in the courts preceding Election Day, the results of these unsuccessful attempts to restrict voting led to much chaos and confusion at the polls. Today alone, the Election Protection Hotline received more than 88,600 calls. That was yesterday. In Pennsylvania, in particular, the Commonwealth's effort to inform their citizens and election officials that their photo ID law was struck down was wholly inadequate. The state shirked its responsibility to properly educate voters and poll workers about the ID requirements, which led to reports of voters incorrectly being required to show ID across the state. In several states, there have been problems in the past, problems that included long lines, broken machines, registration errors, and uninformed poll workers. Uh, officials did not rectify the situation, and history repeated itself. In fact, in some states, such as Florida and Ohio, politicians actually restricted early voting, which exacerbated past problems and created new ones. While the devastating hurricane could not have been predicted, its effect on voters in New Jersey and New York could have been minimized if those states permitted early voting. And I should add, by the way, uh, if they uh, had gotten rid, at least in New Jersey, of their electronic voting systems, which meant that when power was down, voters could not vote. And Chris Christie had to come out last week and order paper ballots, thankfully, to many of those uh, precincts where there was not power. On the other hand, he also instituted an absolutely insane scheme for Internet voting, an invitation to fraud. Uh, we're going to be, I suspect, talking about this in in the uh, weeks and months ahead as well. Um, this was absolutely incredible. And by the way, by the way, I believe that you can still vote through Friday via the internet in the Garden State, uh, thanks to the uh, proclamation of uh, of Chris Christie down there. The um, the Election Protection Coalition goes on in their in their press release from last night. Yet, despite these enormous challenges, the determination of voters to cast their ballot has been heroic, from voters in New York City who voted without heat and in the dark because they had paper ballots, to voters in South Carolina waited in line for more than six hours because of broken machines. The perseverance of these Americans has indeed been inspiring. Today's events prove that our system of elections is in need of repair. Instead of continuing to treat the right to vote as a partisan football, as some politicians have chosen to do, 
state and federal legislators should come together in a bipartisan fashion to solve the real problems with our election infrastructure. As the leading democracy of the world, our voting system should be free, fair, and accessible to all eligible Americans. Starting tomorrow, the Election Protection Coalition says, elected officials should pass reforms to tackle real problems in our election system, such as cumbersome and antiquated voter registration systems and deceptive voting practices. Specifically, the government should automatically register voters using 21st century technology and eliminating paper from the system. They're talking about the registration system. Don't be alarmed. Not the voting system. Voters' registration should be permanent, moving when they move, just like their ATM card. States need to invest more in their elections, and they need to learn from the past and prepare for the future. Our hope is that in 2016, the election protection program will no longer be necessary because all eligible voters will be able to exercise their free right, their right free of obstacles. And I should add, uh, free of six-hour lines, nine-hour lines, 12-hour lines to vote. That is an American shame. That is something that the President of the United States has now promised to fix. And that is something, an effort that I will join him in to make sure that every American, every legal American who wants to cast their vote is able to do so. And I don't think we're going to wait until 216 to do it. We got elections coming up next year and the year after. And it's time to change this system. This a little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This a little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it You're listening to the Bradcast on KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have much more. Bob Fatrakis of the Free Press in Ohio is going to be joining us. You won't want to miss it. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned.
It's the season for the 11th annual Pacifica Radio Archives Campus Campaign broadcast on the Pacifica Airwaves, Tuesday and Wednesday, November 13th and 14th. This is Yo-Yo Ma, a supporter of the Pacifica Radio Archives Campus Campaign National Education Project broadcast. Join us for year four of our campus campaign where you get the chance to help us take our history out of the vault and into the classroom. There isn't anything quite like this anyplace. You donate and get a jump drive with hundreds of hours of history on it. This year, 360 hours for all four campus campaign volumes. And we send a copy of your selected historic recordings to a school, college, teacher, or just another friend. You get to decide. The campus campaign coming soon. For more information, go to supportpra.org. Listen to History Come Alive on November 13th and 14th on all five Pacifica stations. On Thursday, November 15th from 6 to 9 p.m. at Cavar Restaurant in Los Angeles, Hunger Action LA will celebrate 15 local champions against hunger and poverty at their annual awards and dinner. Proceeds will support Hunger Action LA programs including the People's Guide to Welfare, Health and Other Services and Market Match, which provides extra food for low-income participants at 12 farmer markets in LA County. That's Hunger Action LA's annual awards and dinner on Thursday, November 15th from 6 to 9 p.m. Details and ticket information available at 213-388-8228 and at kpfk.org. KPFK is a proud media sponsor. Thanks to the generous financial support of listeners like you, KPFK is able to media sponsor performances and community events like this one for all to enjoy. If you're not a member already, you can become one now. Log on to kpfk.org and click on Pledge Support. Thank you. Standing my ground right here on KPFK, never backing down. This is the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. The fight continues. Uh, thanks for uh, staying with us today. By the way, you can tweet me on the Twitters at the Bradblog anytime during our uh, our live broadcast here this afternoon. Uh, it wasn't just long lines, obviously, that uh, kept Americans from being able to vote. It was uh, voting machines that were failing, of course, all over the country yesterday. I put a list of them uh, up tonight, uh, today, at the at the top of uh, Bradblog.com. Lots to dig into. Uh, as I've said, uh, as I said in the in the previous segment, a lot of times it's not until the days and weeks and months after the election that we figure out what the hell happened. Many cases, not until years after the election that we figure out what happened. Uh, reports of uh, voting machines breaking down yesterday, as usual, all over the country. Votes flipping. Uh, finally, a, a, a touchscreen vote flipping video went viral yesterday, showing uh, somebody trying to vote for Obama, and it was flipping over to Mitt Romney. 
There had been reports during early voting of the same thing, but uh, votes, people trying to vote for Mitt Romney and it would flip over to Barack Obama. We don't have video of that, but that's what the Republicans say. And I frankly, in this case, I have no reason to uh, not believe them. These machines are crap and we ought to get rid of them. And they're damn dangerous. And I'm not just talking about the touchscreen machines. I'm talking about the paper ballot optical scan machines because they use computers that are not overseen by the public. And all of those numbers, whether touchscreens or uh, optical scan paper ballots, they all go into a central tabulator where absolutely anything can happen in the middle of the night. And that's something we've been uh, re- you know, reporting uh, for years, concerns about uh, what happened in the middle of the night in 2004 in Ohio when it looked like John Kerry was going to win that election. And then all of a sudden, the Secretary of State's website reporting system went down. And when it came back up about 20 minutes or so later, it uh, showed that, oh, what do you know, George W. Bush was winning. And as we later found out, when that server went down, it was moved from Ohio down to this uh, far right-wing outlet uh, by the name of Smart Tech down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The same guys who had run the uh, the Swift Boat uh, uh, Veterans for Truth, whatever the hell those people were called. Same people who ran the George W. Bush campaign website. The same people who had created the George W. Bush secret email uh, server where millions of emails disappeared somehow from Karl Rove and friends. What happened when those servers went down, when they moved down to Chattanooga, Tennessee? We may not ever know. The guy who designed the scheme uh, had been uh, deposed on the day before the 2008 election, a guy by the name of Mike Connell. A month later, Mike Connell went down in a small plane crash on his way back from uh, Washington, D.C., uh, his plane came down uh, just before Christmas. He's headed back home to Ohio to a Christmas party, a company Christmas party, when his uh, plane crashed three miles short of the Akron airport. Last night, uh, as all of the networks called the race for Barack Obama, including Fox News, one person on the television sets, a guy by the name of Karl Rove, said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I, I think we've called. I don't agree. I don't agree with Fox News. I think they called Ohio too early. Wait a minute. There are votes still out. This isn't right. And uh, he began to hold the entire Fox uh, News channel hostage for about 20 minutes. And as this happened and as he said, wait, I think it's too early to call. I went to the Secretary of State's website, their election night results server website, and saw that, guess what? It had gone down. The rest of the site was up. Just the election results server had gone down. And I went to Cuyahoga County's website, and their website was up, but their election results went down. Uh Uh-oh. Echo of 2004, I thought. Uh, it was, uh, it was an interesting moment. And, uh, after about 15 or 20 minutes after this played out, they went to a commercial. They came back from the commercial. The website at the uh, Secretary of State, the results website, went back up. Obama was still in the lead. And all of a sudden, uh, Karl Rove was making a joke about it, like, oh, never mind, everything's fine. What happened in those 20 minutes? I don't know. But I do know that uh, in the days before yesterday's election, late last week, Bob Fetrakis from the Free Press, along with uh, his co-writer there, Jerry Bellow, had discovered that the Secretary of State of Ohio, John Husted, 
had written a contract with ESNS, the largest voting machine company in the world, actually, in the nation, certainly, had written a secret contract to create software to go onto the software patch to go onto the central tabulators in 39 Ohio counties, including Cuyahoga County, by the way, the largest county in the state. This software was uh, described as experimental, and thus it was able to avoid any kind of testing or certification from state or federal bodies, and it was secretly installed onto these counties across Ohio, and nobody had gotten to oversee it. Not even the counties themselves, because the Secretary of State had his own people install this onto the central tabulator of the uh, of the machines. It was rather extraordinary, and... Uh, Bob Petrakis, uh, who, who uh, broke this story last week, filed a lawsuit uh, in both state and federal court and was in those courtrooms yesterday trying to get this secret software that nobody knew what the hell it uh, did off of these voting machines. Bob Petrakis, uh, a great investigative journalist out of Ohio, an attorney, a political science professor, a Green Party candidate for Congress, by the way, so, uh, to give him the standing to challenge uh, what was going on in these elections in Ohio. Uh, he joins us now right here on the broadcast. Oh, Bob, welcome, sir, to KPFK. Do we have Bob? There he is. Uh, hey, Bob, welcome to KPFK. Glad to be on, Brad. Good to have you here, man. And uh, when I say here, I don't just mean here on KPFK. I mean here in this country, certainly in Ohio, uh, stepping up and uh, taking the, the, the ball into your own hands there and uh, going to court to fight this absolute outrage uh, almost single-handedly there yesterday in Ohio to get this secret software from this private company and this partisan secretary of state the hell off of our uh, voting tabulators in in the most important country yesterday, at least in the nation. Uh, how'd that go, Bob Petrakis? Well, you know, it's uh, predictably in uh, in the federal court we actually drew a Reagan, I mean, a Republican appointed uh, judge, and uh, uh, we knew it wasn't going to go well, so that's why we filed in the uh, Common Pleas Court of Franklin County, where we knew we could draw a more moderate uh, judge. Uh, but uh, it's interesting. One of my favorite things, uh, and you'll appreciate this, is the uh, judge uh, refers to our expert witness. And our, our expert witness, uh, Michael uh, Donahue, was, is a 37-year veteran of the National Security Agency mm-hmm. and one of only 50 uh, masters certified in computer security at the NSA. Okay. Uh, so the judge called him a, quote, purported expert. Uh, I guess he couldn't match the expertise of the guys that worked for ESNS, like Honest uh, Sam Hogsett, who always dreamed about shooting a liberal in the head. So right before the liberal died, he would know that he, Sam Hogsett, had killed the liberal uh, and not his gun. So, uh, you know, or, or the right-wingers at uh, Triad that uh, helped ESNS and programming the databases. So the judge refers to a, one of the leading experts on the planet uh, who, uh, who said some things that the judge didn't like to quote in his decision, right? The judge said there was zero evidence, but the, uh, this, Brad, you'll also appreciate. Mm-hmm. The zero evidence was uh, uh, ES&S and the Attorney General's office said, 
well, did you examine the software? And the NSA expert says, no, it's proprietary. You know, you won't let me. <laughs> and thus, there was no evidence whatsoever, only theories. So, and so he was saying that there was no evidence because you were charging, were you charging that this software was in fact to tamper with the system or, or that it could in fact tamper with the system in, in your uh, we, lawsuit? Uh, we, were, we had a variety of complaints. Mm-hmm. One was that it was untested, but, uh, uh, you know, under federal law, but actually the day after we went public, they raced <laughs> to the EAC, uh, which had previously moved, uh, issued a directive saying any change of software is not allowed, right? It's it's not de minimis. You need to have it tested. That's the U.S. Uh, Elections Assistance Commission, the federal body that actually certifies, that is supposed to be certifying uh, electronic uh, voting systems and, and, and tabulators and so forth. So they said, no, you're not supposed to use small changes uh, of any sort. Uh, there is no s- small change to to software, especially when you're talking about just in the, in the days and hours before an election. So the, the feds were against the idea, but the state of Ohio felt actually, they could work uh, around they, uh, it. They got, a, they got a waiver for it because it was, quote, experimental. Now, experimental under code, usually you only do that in one precinct, and you don't do it in a statewide election. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, you might do it in one county, maybe a few precincts. But, uh, see, they claim it didn't have to be certified and tested because uh, it was experimental. Uh, and again, this stuff uh, was uh, in the contract. It was created in 2002. So I'm imagining 10 years ago, it was state of the art for custom coding. Now you mean I, the original uh, software that they, right. because they they made a special customized version uh, for yeah. Ohio, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now the NSA expert also argued that uh, there was three free downloads. All they had to do is download. Uh, software onto the computers at the Secretary of State, and it made no sense whatsoever to put custom coding uh, in 39 uh, counties when you could have made a small free adjustment at the Secretary of State's office. So you could have used uh, just a, a software from anywhere, because essentially what they're claiming is that this piece of software, we shouldn't be worried about it, nothing to worry, because all it does is it's a conversion utility. It converts uh, from one file format to another, which would then be sent, uh, the results would then be sent up to the uh, Secretary, of, uh, Secretary of State's database for their election night reporting system. So it didn't even uh, touch the master database. It didn't touch the results. It was a little tool, nothing to worry about. It couldn't be a Trojan horse, no reason to test it. Uh, That was their argument, right? Right. And the question was, why would you then have a secret contract that was unreviewed last second, signed on September 19th, and why would it require custom coding uh, on these central tabulators at the county level when you could get a free download onto the Secretary of State's computer. And, and they would not l- allow you to examine this software at all at that point, or was it just too late because uh, now you're dealing with you were actually on, uh, you, you filed this on, on Monday before the Tuesday election? Well, uh, at, at that point, what happened is uh, when we secured the expert witness, he said, look, if there's anything on this, no matter who put it on or if there's just a glitch, it's already too late. <laughs> you know, once you install it, you know, there, there's no undoing it. Right. So what uh, the alternative relief we argued is we wanted a 5% actually random independent audit of all the 39 counties. 
So when you say audit, you mean a hand count of paper ballots absolutely. in those 39 counties, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, uh, either the paper tra- trailer uh, in this case, you know, uh, uh, Scantron. And not like and not like one of those back in 2004, <laughs> Bob Petrakis, when uh, the Green Party and the Libertarians actually asked for a presidential recount, and in Cuyahoga County, two of the top election officials there were setting them. And people don't know this, and it's remarkable that people don't know this when I tell the story that there was a presidential recount or an attempted presidential recount in 2004, not by the Democrats, but by the Greens and the Libertarians, and in the largest uh, county in Ohio, Cuyahoga county the two top election officials were sentenced to the maximum in jail for having gamed the presidential election recount that by actually a pre-counting uh the ballots that they were supposedly choosing at random they gamed the recount in the largest county in ohio bob uh and and so that's what. So you were hoping for something like that this time around, but uh, presumably one that they wouldn't have gamed. Right, an independent uh, uh, source would go in there, independent organization, and uh, actually, uh, you also remember that uh, that Ken Blackwell came up with a definition of random, which was they could pre-select. Which is the definition of non-random. <laughs> exactly. You're required under law to have a random recount. Feel free to pre-select a precinct, uh, uh, as opposed to allowing them all to be drawn equally. And that was the last, uh, Jake Blackwell, the last Republican Secretary of State to oversee a presidential election. And then we get a new one in this John Husted, who puts on this secret software, who says, uh, do you give, I mean, it seems to me, am I understanding this correct, Bob Fetrakis, that uh, it's really a catch-22. The judge is saying to you, well, you have no evidence that there's anything nefarious with this software. And that ESNS says, and, and John Houston says, well, this is a proprietary software, so you can't look at it. But the judge says, well, that's okay. You can always come back and uh, give us uh, evidence once you see what is in this proprietary software that you're not allowed to look at. Well, the uh, the federal judge did that exactly. I mean, the questions to our expert witnesses, well, you've never examined the software. And our witnesses, well, yeah, I'm not allowed to. It's proprietary. So they established, uh, you know, and the judge said, a purported expert with mere theories uh, and opinions. <laughs> and uh, the, the state judge was far more sympathetic and actually uh, indicated uh, that he ran in 2004 and had his own opinions <laughs> on Karl Rove and that had read my work carefully and yes. found it credible. So, and he said, you know, it's too late now, but uh, the case is still alive. And if you see any evidence of tampering... Uh, Feel free to come in tomorrow and present any evidence you want. Well, good luck finding that evidence. Here's what Jim March uh, of Black Box Voting uh, wrote uh, in an affidavit that was submitted, I, th- I believe, with your case. Uh, he wrote, what ESNS has chosen to do here is extremely dangerous and exactly what you'd want to do if you wanted to plant a cheat onto the central tabulator. Their custom application would have full contact with the central tabulator database database on both a read and write basis while running on the same computer as where the master vote records, the central tabulator database, the crown jewels of the whole process are stored, he says. Under this structure, a, a case of accidental damage to the crown jewels of the election is possible, a case of deliberate tampering of the data, Uh, Of that data, using uncertified, untested software would be child's play. 
He described the process as criminally negligent from the standpoint of data security. And yet you weren't allowed to do anything about it. So, Bob uh, Fetrakis, in the minute or two we have left, do you intend to pursue this case? Or is this a case of, hey, everything's fine. Look, everything worked out. Uh, Barack Obama supposedly won the state of Ohio. Nothing to worry about here. See, uh, you're just uh, you and, and that Brad Friedman guy from Brad Blogger, just a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Well, Brad, we uh, we uh, we hope you're going to be called as a witness. I think uh, uh, we lost on the TROs. It really was extor- extraordinary relief we were asking for. You know, like let's hand count the election. I thought it was proper, but you know we couldn't sell it on election day. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we're going to end up, you know, with. Uh, our complaints alive in both state and federal court. I mm-hmm. think we're going to go forward in state court. So uh, be prepared to raise your right hand. Oh, brother. Okay, that'll be fun. Uh, good to know. I'm glad you're going to keep that fight uh, going. I can't imagine you wouldn't knowing you, because, uh, Bob, here we are how many years later after 2004 when I first got to know you, uh, when you were breaking uh, the story on the on the ground of what the hell was going on in Ohio in 2004. I was hoping this was another election where I wouldn't have to talk to you afterwards. Not that I don't enjoy it, uh, but boy, am I glad that you are there and in Ohio and uh, and fighting the good fight that it seems so few uh, journalists, so few in the media are willing to fight. So thank you, Bob Fetrakis, and please stay in touch as this uh, as this case moves forward, my friend. All right, and thank you. I mean, you, you got this bad habit of actually crediting people who write the stories. You're about <laughs> the only guy who does it consistently in the media, so... Uh, I think we all need a seminar with you. Uh, you're, well, you're very kind, and it's only because I notice how many people don't bother to credit me. So I think it's only fair if I do the right thing. Hey, brother, thank you very much. Right. Uh, get some rest, and uh, we will be talking soon. Been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Uh, Bob Fetrakis, check out uh, his reports on this at freepress.org. Uh, be very concerned about it. This story doesn't end because the election ended. It's just beginning, as far as I'm concerned. It's not easy being green. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things. Now, that wasn't just because uh, for Green Party uh, pres- uh, congressional candidate Bob Petrakis there. No, no. That music can only mean one thing. Desi is coming in to take an otherwise enjoyable, lovely, everything's fine show and uh, turn it into another disaster. Is that what <laughs> you're here to do? Depressing green is news. that what you're here to do? Uh, no, no. Actually, I have to say, you know, some good stuff. Uh, last night in President Obama's victory speech, he actually said, you know, he actually mentioned climate change. What? Yes, I know. I don't Shocking. believe it. I, I actually had to tweet. I was like, whoa, he just said the words out loud, man. So he not only called for us to uh, to fix this election. System. He also talked about climate change. Man, I might have thought about voting for this guy had he said any of these things uh, any time over the past year or so. Do you have proof that, in fact, Barack Obama I do. was talking about uh, climate change in I last do. night's speech? So that uh, should be, yeah, let's see. We got, we got it? it? Yeah. We got it? Clip number two? All right. Bring it. But despite all our differences, most of us share certain hopes for America's future. We want our kids to grow up in a country where they have access to the best schools and the best teachers. A country that lives up to its legacy as the global leader in technology and discovery and innovation. We want our children to live in America that isn't burdened by debt, that isn't weakened by inequality, 
that isn't threatened by the destructive power of a warming planet. That isn't? What? what? He didn't actually say what global is? warming, but he said the destructive power of a warming planet. planet. That's he, a pretty big deal. He also mentioned uh, Hurricane Sandy sort of in passing as, you know, a t- the people who were dealing with the aftermath of a terrible storm and how all of these uh, election officials went to move together to 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 work together to make the recovery work. So he actually talked about it and said the words out loud. So now the question is, what's he going to do about it? We want our children to live in an America that isn't threatened by the destructive power of a warming planet. Yeah. The fact something so simple, something so obvious as that and we have to highlight it as extraordinary and the fact that yesterday I, you know i was cheering i stood up and cheered when he talked about fixing the voting system i'm sure you stood up and cheered when he uh, mentioned this my, in his actually, victory actually my speech. jaw dropped the floor because I, I was not i was completely surprised that he was going to say anything about it at all uh, now there are yeah. other some real because i know we're running out of time yeah. there are lots of things that uh, did go well um in michigan uh, actually, no, not that. That didn't go well either. In Colorado, they, a, a local community in Colorado, mm-hmm. banned fracking and banned the disposal of fracking wastewater. Nice. As well, a Pennsylvania community has banned fracking within their city limits. Nice. It's not much because right now, in in some states, you know, the the states have passed laws saying that communities cannot do that. Right. They're trying to take away their rights. So, you know, that's that's one thing that went well. Unfortunately, Proposition 37 here in California, the proposition to label genetically modified modified organisms in food that is sold uh, that did not do well and uh, probably because of the gigantic influx of money from Monsanto and Dow which was more than double I think what the uh, proponents were getting for the labeling measure so they came in the big the big chemical people came in uh, at the last minute and put in 14 million dollars plus to the race and that seems to have swung swung, unfortunately, against people who are interested in transparency and labeling and knowing what's in their food. Seems to have. Yes. Seems to have. Yeah, and we'll it's, you know, we'll it's check simple. some of those ballots and make sure. Right. I don't think we need a seems to democracy. Not all the ballots have been counted here. No, they haven't. Uh, Desi Doyen, uh, thank you. We didn't have a Green News report this week because we were uh, taking a week off from the GNR for the election, but you can find, we'll be back, I think, next Tuesday with that. So check it out at greennews.bradblog.com and follow Desi at Green News Report. Oh, and check her out on the Young Turks, uh, the point as well this yes. week. Uh, she's looking good. All right. I want to thank uh, my guest, Bob Petrakis, and, of course, our producer, Desi Doyen, our super-duper associate producer, Margo Paez, our sound operator, G, and, of course, all of you for keeping up the good fight. Stay tuned for the 4 o'clock report with John Wiener. More on the election. He'll be joined by John Nichols. We'll be back uh, soon. I, I think we're off next week, uh, preempted, but we'll be back, I think, the week after. Until then, find me on the Twitters at the Bradblog and at bradblog.com. Well done, America. Good night. <laughs>